Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Andre from Mental Health, and I'm here with Miriam Grabski, who has just presented as part of the Alarm and Nightlife study uh, here in Lisbon. Tell us a bit about this work. Well, um, the Alarm and Nightlife study is a consortium of five different countries, or five research teams from five different countries are working on it, looking at all sorts of different aspects related to um, uh, Electron, the electronic music scene in young Europeans um, and um, substance use. The countries uh, participating are the UK, the Netherlands, Italy, Sweden and Belgium. And you're looking particularly at kind of offline and online ways of surveying young people who use substances in a kind of club, festival kind of setting. So tell us a bit about the kind of research question and what you're trying to achieve with this well I think one thing um, so online well asking people about all sorts of things online is, is quite a common thing to do these days and that is the case for drug use as well um, but what we don't really know or the problem with online sampling is that we don't see the people and we don't exactly know whether the the people that are answering our questions are actually the people that we want to have these answers from and basically whether we're targeting the right population and I think what's really unique about that um, about that part of the, of the study is that we were actually comparing whether those, so we were going to clubs and festivals and we were looking at whether the people at those clubs and festivals would give similar answers about for example their drug use and their going out behaviors as those people that we recruited online. So these are so. Tell us a bit about the face-to-face first of all. So the offline interviews. John, do you want to talk a bit about yeah, this? So, sure. how did this work? Are they, are they are they being interviewed by people, or are they filling in questionnaires? So we had a very short screener um, that we asked people to fill in confidential uh, confidentially um, to guarantee their anonymity to hopefully elicit you know valid responses, and we use a sort of pseudo-random method of recruiting people. So our um, research researchers would stand at a fixed point in a club or a festival and approach every second person that entered an imaginary zone in their head and ask them just to fill in a screener which was then they were then given a link to the survey the full survey later on um, and this screener was you know folded and collected. So how are you kind of making sure that people aren't like presumably people are on drugs while they're taking the survey in the clubs does that kind of bias the results in some way? It it potentially does, but we trained our field workers, um, you know, very, very thoroughly to, and all of our field workers are people who work in the field of addiction and drug use. So, people who are trained to recognise the signs of intoxication, and so rather than having an argument in a club or festival with someone who was intoxicated and wanted to fill it in, we just asked our field workers to note down whether they were visibly intoxicated, because of course that could be an ethical problem. Um, so these were then discarded from analysis and not entered into the database. Okay, interesting. It's really interesting for other researchers listening to this because a lot of researchers are looking at how we can use social media and how we can use online survey methods. So tell us a bit about how you did that, how you reached your target audience and how you made sure you had a representative sample. 
So I think uh, one really nice thing you can do when you use, for example, social media to target a population is that you can set very specific parameters on who you want to see the advertisements. So that's obviously things like location and age, but also things like, so what we have was a really long list. Um, so we did that specifically for the UK, really long list of um, like festivals that were heavy on electronic dance music, specific DJs um, and stuff like that. So we would make, would make sure that the right people would see our advertisements. Um, and the other thing that we also just mentioned in the session is that um, what we realized is um, it really helps to send those kind of advertisements from a trusted institution. So rather than going from an account from your specific research project with, where people probably don't know the name of, we could use an account from our university and that would actually generate a lot more interest because people know who UCL is and that they can trust them. What platforms did you use to target people? So the target advertising was done on Facebook and Instagram um, and that varied, the success between those two platforms varied quite you know quite considerably between the countries so for the UK for example the vast majority of targeted advertisements were the vast majority of recruited participants were recruited through Instagram rather than Facebook whereas Facebook was more popular in other European countries. It strikes me that that makes sense though because young people use Instagram whereas Facebook is kind of pre predominantly over 30s over 40s. Yeah I don't know maybe that's a development that is sort of picking up a bit later in the other countries. I think by now that actually might be the case in those yeah. countries as well. So it sounds like you had fun when you were doing this. Is this an area to be interested in carrying on researching? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, A, I think it's a very important question because the nature of drug use in the nightlife settings is changing and has changed over the last, you know, five or ten years, which I think... You know, and it's, this is being associated with elevated risks for drug users. So it's a very pertinent research topic, and much of the the research in the European nightlife scene was conducted before these changes. Specifically, um, prevalence of high potency ecstasy pills and use of novel psychoactive substances, which renders it unrepresentative of today's current climate. Um, so. It's, I think it's enjoyable because it's important, but also the offline recruitment, going to clubs and festivals, is always fun to get paid to party. And having seen all of the different Alama Nightlife presentations over the last hour and a half, what are your kind of takeaway messages? I, I definitely think um, we could say that there is quite a big difference. I think what will be really interesting to see in the future coming out of this uh, project is that there are quite big differences in the different countries in terms of prevalence of drug use but also how um, willing people are to talk about it and how socially acceptable it is and it would be really interesting to see whether we can relate that to sort of different policies on drug use in those different countries. I think that's actually something that would be quite interesting as an overall thing to look at. And I think as well one message um, from the validation sample that Miriam was talking about earlier uh, is that the internet, although differences were observed between the two samples, they weren't of the magnitude that leads us to conclude that our online sample is completely unrepresentative of our target audience. And these 
differences that we've observed can then be used, you know, in statistical methods to try and align them, you know, even further.